Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. Well, hey, Connect. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name's Chris. Get to serve on the team here. And just thrilled that you decided to join us today. I mean, you joined us on a great day, fun day of celebration. And as we continue in this epic series, I've uh, got a question to ask you as we kind of kick things off. Have, have you ever heard that phrase, don't judge a book by its cover? Yeah, a couple of us, maybe. Yeah, don't judge a book by its cover. But who's judged a book by its cover? Like, I totally have. When my mom would bring us to the bookstore as a kid, I would just scour the shelves for the coolest looking cover and we'd buy that book. In English class, when the teacher's passing out the next book that we would read, I could tell you before the book even landed on my desk whether or not I was going to like it. I mean, as a teenage boy, really, would you rather read this or this? (laughs) Am I right or am I right? Don't judge a book by its cover. You know, the jury's still out as to whether or not that's good advice with books, but we all know, like deep down, we know that's really good advice with people because we've all judged others and we've all been misjudged. And sometimes when we judge others, we don't even realize the impact of our judgment on them. But when we're judged, Oh, we feel that long after the instance. And as followers of Jesus, as people who've experienced God's grace poured out on us, we of all people should be the most gracious and loving people. And yet, we're kind of known for being judgmental. And that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be judged as judgmental But people have a point. I mean, we we assume that, oh, they wouldn't want to hang out with us because of the life season we're in. Like, it's just easier if we hang out with people who are like us. Or we think, oh, they'd never come to Jesus. You can, have you seen what, how they live their life? Do you, do you know what they believe? Or, or maybe it's, we think they wouldn't want to be part of our church. They have different cultural preferences than us. They'll have their church, we'll have ours, it's just better that way. That's what we we subconsciously think. And now while we see us in them, God just sees people. People he created, people he loves. And what we've seen throughout this epic series, where we've been tracking with the story of God through the Bible, is that God wants to intersect our story. You see, way back in the very beginning, God created people for a relationship with Him, relationship with one another, and to represent Him to all people everywhere. But sin broke what God made good, but God was not done with people. God actually called a people to Himself, the Israelites, a people He said, I'm gonna bless you to be a blessing. I'm going to make you a holy nation, a kingdom of priests. The idea like the Israelites were supposed to live in 
in a relationship with God in such a way, and love others in such a way that the other nations, other people groups, they would see how the Israelites related with God and they'd want that. So that's what God's intent was. His intent has always been that he's going to express his love to all people through his people. But the Israelites failed miserably at this. Then God sent Jesus, the Messiah, to seek and save the lost. And the way Jesus lived was very upsetting to the religious establishment of his day. Because Jesus healed the sick. He cared for the hurting. He ministered to the outcast. Those the religious people didn't want anything to do with. That's who Jesus came for. He came for the sick and the hurting. And then just before Jesus ascended to heaven, he passed the baton of his mission to his followers, the disciples. And we read this earlier in the series, but I'll read it again now, Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the charge Jesus gave his followers. And he built upon that, he elaborated on it, and Acts 1.8 shares this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, into the ends of the earth. So his, Jesus commissioned his disciples to go and make disciples, starting with those closest to them, the, the Jews in Jerusalem, and then spreading out from there. And as we continue to read the book of Acts, what we see is that in Acts chapters 2 through 7, the disciples did a great job making disciples in Jerusalem. We actually see the rapid multiplication of disciples in Jerusalem. It goes from 120 to 3,000 to 5,000 to multitudes, all just in a, a handful of chapters. The gospel was spreading like wildfire in Jerusalem. But it was as if like, that they had a mental block. There was something preventing them from taking the gospel further. Because, yeah, Jesus said, you know, be my witnesses in Jerusalem. But he also said, go to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It actually took persecution in Jerusalem for the gospel to go to the Samaritans. We see this in Acts chapter 7, where Stephen, a follower of Jesus in the first century, dies for his faith in Jesus. And because of that persecution, the gospel spread to Judea and Samaria. But there's still something in the, in, in the way, there's like a mental, some, like it's just, they wouldn't take the, Jesus said, take it, make disciples of all nations, like to the ends of the earth. But the disciples weren't doing it. There's like this mental block keeping them from doing this. And, and, and like the, you know, like us, the disciples, they had some assumptions about those on the fringe, the ends of the earth, the nations, the Gentiles. They, they didn't know God like the Jews did. And for some reason, the disciples were held back for a period of time before the gospel spread to these people. But the gospel was going to spread to these people because God loves everyone. He wants a relationship with everyone, every person. And God's plan to express his love to all people is through his people. So God had to open the, the eyes, the minds, the hearts of the disciples to take the gospel to a people who were different from them.
And maybe, just maybe, God needs to open our eyes, our minds, our hearts to those different from us because God wants to take the gospel to them too. If you got a Bible with you, please turn with me to Acts chapter 10. We're gonna re- go through ch- Acts chapter 10 and into Acts 11 today as we see that God loves even them, those who are different from us. The gospel is for the nations. Now, if you need a Bible, we have a free church app. You can follow along there, take notes, the whole deal. As we dive into scripture, would you bow your heads? Let's pray together and just ask that God speak to us. Lord, we come before you eager to hear from you. As we open your word, would you speak? Holy Spirit, would you speak through me? Would you speak through scripture? And would you reveal to each one of us who you would like us to love? Because you love all people everywhere. So stretch us, grow us to be more like Jesus in this time together. And it's in his name we pray, amen. It's good, I made it, I made it through the introduction in, in my time frame. So uh, as we jump into the story, let's just meet the cast of characters. All right, one, the first character, the character in the lead role is a guy many of us will be a little familiar with. His name's Peter. Peter, of course, followed Jesus as Jesus walked the earth, ministered. Jesus was there. He, or excuse me. Yeah, Jesus was there. But Peter was there with Jesus like the whole time, experiencing it, the miracles, the whole deal. And when Jesus ascended to heaven, Peter took on a leadership role in the early church. He was the one who preached that message at Pentecost where over 3,000 people repented of their sin and were baptized. It's an incredible day. But the incredible stories just kept continuing for Peter because he got to perform miracles, all kinds of things by the power of the Holy Spirit working through him. Peter was actually there in Samaria when the gospel spread to the Samaritans and they received Jesus as well. Peter had had some pretty cool experiences. Now he's in the lead role in this story. In the supporting role, we've got Cornelius. He's one that most of us probably aren't as familiar with, new character to us in God's unfolding story. But this is how the text describes him. Beginning of Acts 10. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout in God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. So Cornelius lived in Caesarea. He was in the military. He was a centurion. He probably oversaw 80 to 100 soldiers. That's what he did for a living. Now, more importantly, Cornelius was a Gentile, meaning he was not a Jew. He was a, a them. He wasn't circumcised like all the Jews were circumcised. He wasn't part of the people of God as the people of God understood it. He was a a them. He was a God-fearer, yeah. He worshipped, he prayed, but he supposedly didn't know God. And the people of God certainly didn't think that he knew God the way they knew God. So Cornelius, the scene opens with Cornelius and he has this, this vision and uh, he's, he's praying, and, and an angel comes and says, all right, you need to send for Peter. Peter's in Joppa, 30 miles south. You need to send for him, and he needs to come because God's got a word for you, and Peter's going to share it. Cornelius is in the military. He's used to receiving orders, giving orders. He asks two servants and a soldier to go to Joppa on his behalf and get this Peter that he'd heard about in the vision to come and share whatever Peter was supposed to share with him. 
Now, ne the next day at noon, Peter was on the roof praying himself when he too saw a vision. And the text describes it this way, Acts 10, 11 and following. He saw heaven opened in something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Now, the meaning of this vision was twofold in nature. First, God was literally removing the Jewish dietary laws. They could eat pork now, among other things. And figuratively, God was inviting the Gentiles into his story. What God had intended from the very beginning. Now, the Jews had written the Gentiles off because they weren't circumcised. They, they weren't of the people of God. The Jews had written off the Gentiles. Who have you written off? Sometimes we do this consciously, but a lot of us do this subconsciously. Have you written off young people, old people, people with kids, people without kids, LGBTQ people? Black people, Asian people, people with a different profession, people with a different religious background. Who have you written off? I never thought of myself as a judgmental person. I, uh, I felt like I got along pretty well in school with others. And uh, granted, I grew up in Maine. It's whiter than white there. Everyone looks kind of like me. It's more monoethnic than even here in Douglas County. And I just, I felt like, you know, I had a friend in high school who was black, great friend, loved hanging out with him. Got to go on some missions trips in high school, Guatemala, Mexico, loved meeting the people there. So years later, uh, when I was with Amanda, sitting before uh, some pastors who were helping us discern whether or not God was call calling us to plant a church, we were you know, taken aback, thrown off by the fact that they said, okay, it's clear God's calling you, it's clear God's gifted you, but you need to grow in your cultural agility. Like, what is, what is that? We listened politely, but you know what? We just, we blew it off. And we're like, God's calling us to Douglas County. Amanda grew up here. People here look just like the people in the well-to-do community that I grew up in, in Maine. It's not like we're going overseas, having to learn a new language, a whole new culture. Little did we know that we would We'd be surrounded by the nations in our own neighborhood. Our girls are the minority at the park. And little did we know that when we would send out mailers to our local community, inviting them, hey, come join us for Easter in Lone Tree, come join us. The lobby would look like the United Nations. We need translators. We didn't see any of that coming. And yet it's the day and age that we live in. The nations aren't just overseas. Now they're also across the street. And God's heart is for the nations. It always has been, always will be. And God doesn't show favoritism. So we shouldn't play favorites either. Peter's about to learn this lesson. You see, while Peter was pondering the meaning of the vision he had just had, some people knocked on the door down, down below. And they're like, yeah, we're here for Peter. And Peter, the Spirit says, hey, go downstairs, greet them, go with them. 
It's getting late, so Peter welcomed Cornelius' servants and soldier in. They, they spent the night, and then that morning, they set off early. They're on their way to Cornelius' house. Peter doesn't understand what's going on yet. He doesn't, he doesn't fully grasp it. In fact, he, uh, he gets there. He's a Jew. He calls out the elephant in the room when he's with Cornelius. He's Cornelius, at this point, he's gathered his friends, his family. Everyone's there. Cornel, uh, Peter walks into Cornelius' home, and he just calls out the elephant in the room, and he said this to them. You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Translation, this, like this, Cornelius, like what's happening right now? This is really uncomfortable for me. You know, I'm, I'm not even supposed to be here as a Jew. You're a Gentile. We, we don't associate. But God said to come, so here I am. Can you tell me why I'm here? Cornelius then shares the vision that he had. And, and then with Peter standing up before them, it just starts, he starts to click for Peter. Light bulb is going off. Oh, meet that vision the day before it's starting to make sense now. And as God is still connecting the dots for Peter, Peter just starts to share Jesus with this household. Acts 10, 34 and 35 says, Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. He's like, like a good dad, God doesn't play favorites. And now I'm getting it. As his kid, I shouldn't play favorites either. Realizing this reality, Peter goes on to just share the same message, very similar message to what he had preached at Pentecost when those 3,000 plus Jews accepted Jesus, shares a very similar message. He says, look, talking about Jesus, God sent him. But, and, and we followed him, but the, the Jews, they killed him. God raised him. We saw him. Now believe in him. Now believe in him. Before Peter could even finish, it's like Pentecost happened all over again. If you read Acts 2 and you read Acts 10, you'll see a lot of similarities. Here's how it's recorded in Acts 10, 44 through 48. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard him speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Having experienced the Holy Spirit come on the disciples and then the gospel be preached and 3,000 plus people, Jews, receive Jesus and get baptized. Peter, now in a different context, far from his norm, when he sees God move in a similar way, he's like, I don't want to stand in the way of God. The, the Holy Spirit's moving. They want to follow Jesus. Get him baptized. Because Jesus is for everyone. He's for every people group, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every lifestyle. Jesus is for you. And we don't ever want to stand in the way of you following Jesus. And as we've seen through this series, 
when you decide to follow Jesus, the way we publicly declare that is by being baptized like we saw Jacob do just moments ago. So if you want to follow Jesus and you haven't been baptized, tank's ready. We got changes of clothes. We're ready for you. And if next week you're ready or the week after that, every week we're ready for you to respond to the work of the Holy Spirit in you. When you want to follow Jesus, we're ready to help you follow Jesus. We got changes of clothes, towels, the whole deal with us every week. I bring my swimsuit every week because I don't know when God's going to show up, but I believe he's going to show up. Now, news of this, news of, of the gospel spreading to the Gentiles, it, it spread to the Jews. Now, how that was possible, I don't know. They didn't have social media back then. Had to have talked to each other or something. Acts 11 tells us this. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Sounds like something the religious establishment would have said to Jesus when Jesus walked the earth. The Jewish believers, they're about ready to cancel Peter because Peter went into the house of a Gentile. Peter shared Jesus with the Gentiles. And yet God's love is for the nations. And Jesus called his followers to make disciples of, of all nations. Uh, when, we, when we follow God's lead, when we take Jesus at his word, when we follow Jesus, one thing that's probably going to happen is those around us aren't going to understand us. They might even want to cancel us. They wanted to cancel Peter. And, and when that's the case, it's probably because our experience, what we heard, they didn't experience. They haven't heard. It's foreign to them. They don't, they don't know. But like Peter, what we can do is we don't have to panic. We don't have to get anxious. We don't have to get worked up about it. We can do what Peter did. And we can just share what we experienced, what we heard. And the crazy thing, when Peter did that, in this instance, not going to happen in all instances, but in this instance, they were like, oh, okay, cool. Guess God's for the Gentiles too. They, they just, they got it. Now, now Peter didn't, you know, simply share this. But here's what it says. It says, uh, Acts 11:4 tells us, starting from the very beginning, Peter told him the whole story. He just like fills them all in. If you read Acts 11, he basically recounts the whole thing. And he's just telling them all about what happened. And once they heard of, of you know, Peter's testimony to what God had done, how he had worked, they're like, okay, we can get on board with that. After all, the conclusion was, if Jesus is for us, I guess he can be for them. Because Jesus is for all people. The other, uh, now let's continue on. Let's go to Acts 11, 17 through 18, as the story continues. It says, so if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in the way of God? This is Peter recounting it all. When they, when they had heard this, they no, had no further objections. They're praising God, saying, so then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Because Peter listened to God and he acted upon what God told him to do, he saw God move in an incredible way. The gospel spread to a whole new people group. 
people group that was far from him, that didn't know him like the Jews had known him. And for Peter and for the other believers, their understanding, their conception of God's love and God's grace expanded. Grace for even them. Love for even them. Now, I, I really appreciate this account in Scripture for two reasons. The first is, we can now eat bacon. <laughs> the second is, we can now be saved. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not a Jew. Making me a Gentile, making me a them. And yet Jesus is for me, he's for you. Because salvation comes not through religious tradition, circumcision. Oh no, we can boast only in the name of Jesus. Salvation is found in no other name, given to mankind, except for the name of Jesus. That the name of Jesus, you and I, can, can leave that life of sin, and we can walk new in a life with Jesus, life with God. The life we were created to experience from the very beginning in relationship with God, healthy relationships with one another, and we actually have a purpose where we now get to share that hope with others. Jesus saves. Jesus alone saves. And Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is for every race, every ethnicity, every lifestyle, every religious background, every gender. Jesus is for everyone because Jesus is for everyone. Every individual, every story intersecting with God's story. And when God's story becomes our story, all because of Jesus, we get to be active participants in the story. God's story is one of reconciliation and redemption and restoration. And when, when we're in Christ, we are now ambassadors for him, ambassadors of reconciliation, participating in his restorative work in our world. That's who we are as followers of Jesus. Our identity changes. And, and God might call some of us to go overseas, but he's gonna call all of us to walk across the street, across the hall, across the park. Because Yes, the nations are way out there, and also the nations are closer than we think. We are everyday missionaries with an everyday mission to love the one far from God. We seek to bless them. We are, we are God's people. We are blessed to be a blessing. And that's why I don't do this perfectly, but I pray on a regular basis, and I look for opportunities to do this with my neighbors, the nations around me. I pray that Tom and Jay will come to know Jesus. I listen to Mahir as our girls play together at the park. Uh, our family, we bought a fire pit because we want to gather with our neighbors this summer and just try to build relationship with them. We're calling it Fire Pit Fridays. Uh, when it snows, I have this big honking snowblower from Maine. So I offer to snowblow my neighbor's driveways. Die. Single, widowed lady. Kazmi, he's Muslim, he lives across the street. Kulwinder and Gervinder, who live next to us. People who, who don't have a big giant snowblower. And I just offer to help. 
way to serve them. And then whenever I get an opportunity to share Jesus, I try to share Jesus because everyone needs hope and everyone needs Jesus. So in the past, we might've written these people off, people who are different from us because of their skin color or their cultural background or their religious something, whatever, whatever the reason is for you, like we've all done it, we've all written people off in our lives. What if God wanted to use you to write them back in? Like back into his story. God loves everyone. And his plan is through his people to express his love to all people. So what if, what if we looked at Peter and we were inspired by the way he shared the gospel with the Gentiles? What if what Peter did actually inspires what we pray? Like, God, I've written them off, but would you use me to write them back in? You want to pray a bold prayer? Pray that. That's going to stretch you. It's easy to be with people who are comfortable for us. It's hard to be with people different from us. But they're not bad people. They're people who God loves, who God created. And he loves them. So maybe, maybe this week, it's something simple. And it's like when you are at the park and you're going to have your kids run around, what if you invited someone from a different season of life to join you? And just as your kids run and play, you make a new friend. Or maybe you decide to have someone over or grab a cup of coffee with someone who has a different color skin than you. And you use that as an opportunity to listen to them, to understand their experience. What's similar to yours and what's different from yours. And you just learn who they are and you love them by listening. When we gather, at, at, for Sundays like this to worship or when we gather throughout the week for community groups. It's so exciting. We get to come together. We get to be with friends. We look forward to it. And that's good. And as God's people, we are going to love all people, whether they look like us or they don't, whether they're similar to us or whether they're different from us. And when we see someone who's just a little different than us, what we're going to do is we're going to welcome them. We're going to love them. We're going to invite them into the family. Because while we love being with our people, our people don't have to just look like us. We're never going to forget that God loves everyone and wants a relationship with everyone. So we're going to love people best by pointing them to the one we love most. And we're going to follow Peter's lead in how we do this. We're going to pray first. Peter was praying when God opened his mind to this idea that, that Maybe, just maybe, Jesus was for the Gentiles. It's in prayer when God aligns our heart with his. It sh he shifts how we think of others when we start praying for others. So if you're, if you're unsure, like, all right, who does God want me to take the gospel to? Who does God want me to love? I would encourage you to do this. Start on your knees in prayer because a heart that's surrendered is a heart that's ready. So like Peter, we're going to pray first. We're also going to obey right away. You see, uh, when Cornelius' servants and soldier, soldier arrived, Peter didn't question it. Peter welcomed them in, and then he went with them. Peter didn't fully understand it yet, but he just obeyed. And I heard something last weekend that really stood out to me, because I think it, it resonated as true. So sometimes, obedience actually unlocks understanding. Think about that. Obedience unlocks understanding. We want 
to understand everything so we can take like the little step. But sometimes God calls us to take a step of obedience and that'll actually unlock some understanding. Certainly did for Peter. Peter didn't fully understand it, but he went with them. And then as he saw all of Cornelius' friends and family gathered, and as he preached the gospel and as the Holy Spirit moved, it clicked. Peter got it. God is for everyone. He loves everyone. Jesus died for everyone. Now, the thing about obedience is that delayed obedience is disobedience. That's something we're working on with our girls right now. I feel like I'm failing at it. But we also, in our relationship with God, we can tend to delight, can't we? Because it's hard, it's uncomfortable, it's stretching. So when God breaks our heart for what breaks his, let's be like Peter, let's follow God forward in confidence, even if we don't have everything figured out yet. And the crazy thing is that when we obey and when we follow Jesus, Often, our understanding of God, His love for all people, it actually grows. We see it, we experience it as we're sitting across the dinner table or the coffee table or whatever it is at the park when we're with the person who's a little different from us and we just connect with them human to human. We recognize, oh, we actually have more in common than I thought. Oh, I understand why God loves them too. And so we're going to pray first. We're going to obey right away. And then the third thing we're going to do is share boldly. Peter did not hold back. When with the family and friends gathered, everyone there, Peter just shared the gospel boldly, passionately. And often as, as followers of Jesus, uh, we can think, maybe it's just me, but I, I think it's an us thing, not just a me thing. We think that we got to share it like perfectly. We got to get it all right, and neat and tidy and perfect and polished when we share Jesus. And that's a great excuse to never share Jesus. But it's actually our passion more than our polish that's going to resonate with people. So just share what you know. doesn't matter whether you've been to Bible college or you haven't. If whatever your experience has been with Jesus, share that passionately with joy and excitement because he's changed your life and he can change theirs. God loves everyone. So love the one different from you by pointing them to him. That's what this is all about. And when we do this, earth is going to look a little more like heaven. Uh, listen to this. The apostle John also had a vision, and this is what he saw of heaven. This is what heaven's going to be like one day. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Every tribe, every nation praising Jesus for who he is. In a world that judges and segregates, we're going to be a church who accepts those different from us and loves them like Jesus has loved us. Because as the church, we're God's plan A to extend his love to the nations. And, and as the church, we're going to be a, a glimpse of heaven on earth. Let me pray for us. Lord, would you make that true?
Would you please make that true? We need your Holy Spirit to work in us because left to our own devices, we just gravitate to people who look like us. And we thank you for people who look like us. And we also thank you for people who look different from us. And thank you that you love all people. Would you expand, would you grow our love for all people? So in, in that way, we can represent you well and people can see the heart of Jesus in us. We pray this in his name, amen.